as Pastor Tom comes and prays, I just want to encourage you to press into that place, church. Press into that place where the Spirit dwells and allow the Lord to work in your hearts. You pray, bring it. Father, we come to you this afternoon just thankful for who you are and what yes, you've done. Lord. And Father, yes, we just rest God. in your presence. Hallelujah. Praise Father, we rest in the shelter that you provide and the comfort and the shadow of your wings. Lord, looking back on how you have been faithful in our life, and God, you've been faithful to us so many different ways. Lord, may we never forget that you have our back, how you are there, Father. And Lord, we do look ahead in joy and in hope, where our hope and joy is found in you. Yes, Lord. And Lord, as we think about that, what is, what is to come, Lord? We get excited, we get happy, we get pumped. Lord, we get filled with you and we, we give you praise for that. So, Father, this, this afternoon, may the words of our lips, the meditations of our heart be true to you. Yes, Lord. We thank you that we're able to worship in this fellowship together. Yes, Lord. We love you, Father. Yes, Father. And it's in your name that we pray. And everyone says together, church, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, good morning, church. It's great, great, great to see you guys again in what, what is planned to be our final worship service in the parking lot. And I want to thank you all for, for coming over these past months. Uh, it's really something just to see that you guys would come to worship the Lord, that circumstances would not hinder you. And I also want to thank those volunteers, uh, all the volunteers and staff who have worked so really hard for these things to be what they have been. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, some really great things, as many of you know, have been happening out here in the parking lot. Many people have reported being touched by the Lord in these parking lot services. Uh, Many people have, or several people, have reported being healed. I witnessed one healing myself during this time. And a number of people have come to faith in Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives right here in the parking lot. And they're now walking with Jesus. So, you know, this is just really, really remarkable. Um, but beginning next Sunday, we will be returning in, inside the building for our worship services. And uh, there, are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of details to that that we've taken into consideration very prayerfully and thoughtfully. And uh, I have communicated those details with you if you're on our email list. And I will again this week. But by all means, I want to encourage you to go to our website and take 15 minutes to view the video that I made about coming back in the building, what we're doing and why we're doing it. And uh, I hope that you'll take some time to, to look that over. The real summary of what it is that we're going to be doing is beginning next Sunday, we will have three service times. We will be inside at 9 o'clock, at 1030, and at 12 noon. And we will have children's ministry for two years old through the second grade in the 9 and 1030 services only. We will be observing safe distancing practices in everything that we do inside the building. We will be keeping our distance. And we will be requiring appropriate face coverings for third grade on up for building entry. Now, it would be very helpful if you'd bring your own, but we will have some available for those who do not. 
For those of you, we understand not everyone is ready to go inside the building. Other people may have reason for not wanting to participate in those services in that way. We respect that. We will continue to be on Facebook Live for all of our services, and we will continue to broadcast our services via our shortwave FM 93.9, or short range, I should say, right out into the parking lot. For those of you who said you just like, you're not ready to come inside, but I'd just like to come be in the parking lot while the services are going on. So there are a number of other details that go with this that we'd love for you to be aware of. But again, uh, please just visit, visit the website and take 15 minutes to, to listen to the video that I've made. I want to thank you again. It's really a remarkable thing. It's really a remarkable thing that you have responded to these challenges in the ways that you have. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and I just really thank you all again. By way of announcement, uh, at 1.30 this afternoon, there will be an event called The Walk. And The Walk is, will be sponsored, led by Pastor Chase and Heather. And that will be an event for all students who are entering middle school, entering high school, and graduating from high school. And so there will be a, a special time for you. We hope you'll come back at 1.30. And speaking of our graduating seniors, next week we will be making special recognition of our graduating seniors next Sunday during the 12 o'clock service. So if you would like to see that and be a part of that, plan to come to the 12 o'clock service next week. I'd also like to commend you for the way that you guys have been generous in filling the blessing box out there in front. It's really, it's really had quite a bit of traffic of people coming and receiving groceries and, and you all giving groceries, and it's really been a very cool blessing. We'd like to make one adjustment to the way we're doing it. We've been using the word shelf-stable items, and uh, I know everybody's heart is, let's put some fresh fruit, let's put some fresh vegetables, let's put some bread in there, and it also, that totally makes sense to us. But for whatever reason, those things just are not being moved like the canned ravioli is. So we're going to say non-perishable items uh, from this uh, going forward because we just don't, of course, want to waste any food. But in any case, thank you so much for, for your participation in that. Well, we will not be, as we have not been, receiving a physical offering in the church this morning. We do encourage you to be faithful to the tithes and offerings by visiting our website. And uh, you can do that, gcvineyard.org, or I guess you take a picture of that squiggly thing on your sheet. I don't really, what's that called again, a QR code? The QR code. I'm that cool. Okay, take a snap, the QR code will take you right in. Uh, Or you can mail in your your tithes and offerings, of course. And once again, if, if you're here and you're visiting from another church today, we're so glad that you're here with us as a guest, and, uh, but we would just like to say that in concerning tithes and offerings, we encourage you to be faithful to your home church, uh, especially during these times. Uh, I'd just like to say one more thing about, about the offerings. And it's just thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. You've been completely faithful the tithes and offerings during these months. And in addition to just making my job a lot easier, it tells me something. 
And it tells me that when you render your tithes and offerings, you're not giving them to the vineyard. You're not giving them to support the program of the vineyard, though you may love it all. But you're bringing your tithes and offerings as unto the Lord. And the Lord has not changed, has he? And so I just, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness in that. Would you pray with me, Lord, in heaven? I don't really know where to begin, Lord. You led us out here to the parking lot. And there are men and women and young people who are going to heaven now who weren't before because of that. And there are people who have encountered you in ways that they hadn't before. And so we are only grateful for this time, Lord. We're only grateful. And as we bow before you, Lord, and continue to surrender ourselves to you, it's, you have our whole lives, and I'm just, I'm just so refreshed, Lord, that there's so much evidence in this fellowship that you have our whole lives. Lord, as we move forward, and just as elders try to discern your will and know your heart, I just pray for patience. I pray for unity in the church. I pray for respect, mutual respect in the church, Lord, as we just all make up our minds about this stuff for ourselves. I pray your direction will be clear. I pray, Father, that your love will be poured out on us. And, and Lord, you know that I, I don't think of anybody any differently than anybody else, that whether they're inside or not inside or no matter what happens, Lord, they're all the sheep of this pasture and you've blessed us and you've fulfilled Psalm 91 over us and, and you're just mighty God. And so we bow before you, grateful for all that you have given us. Good morning, good afternoon. It's kind of a bittersweet morning for me. It's my last morning doing this with Pastor Chase. I've had so much fun being able to share with you guys each week. But here we go. Are you ready? So I just finished up a Bible study with some students, and it was called Heroes Among Us. Over the course of four weeks, we talked about different people in the Bible, and then we found someone in our life today that's a lot like them. For example, David. We talked about David and Goliath and how he was young, and yet he fought against this giant. David's considered to be a hero in the Bible. We discovered that kids living with terminal illnesses are fighting a giant as well. While they might not be able to see it, like David could see Goliath, they're fighting against something. Today, I want to applaud all of you kids that are out there. You are my hero. I'm encouraged daily by your positive attitude your love for people, and your heart to serve others. In the face of all of this chaos going on around you, you have chosen not to lose hope. It's amazing to see how many of you are finding creative ways to spend your time, and many of you are finding ways to serve others in that time. 1 Timothy 4.12 says this, says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. When I was a kid, I couldn't wait to be a grown-up. 
being a grown-up meant that people would notice me, they'd listen to me, and that I could make a difference. But that's not true. Listen to me, kids. No matter how old you are, you can make a difference. How you act and speak can have an impact on someone's life. I know it because you've all had an impact on my life. Kids, I want you to know that being a grown-up doesn't mean that you have the world figured out and that we have all the answers. But over the past 12 weeks, I have learned so much by watching and listening to you. So don't stop being an example. Amen. Amen. That's an awesome word, Miss Heather. Thank you. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you all today. Sorry we couldn't uh, provide you with a little nicer weather for this last drive-in service. My name's Christian Root. I'm the associate pastor here, and I'm so privileged to be able to, to share today. And I've got my SPF 80 on, and i got my hat on, so I'm ready to roll. So let's jump in together. You, you know, when I was growing up, choose-your-own-adventure books were were really popular. You would, you would read the novel for a little bit, and then the book would ask you a question like this. If you want the brave knight to go and fight the dragon, turn to page 67. But if you want the brave knight to rescue the princess, turn to page 93. And then based on your decisions, the knight would either survive or die, either experience defeat or amazing victory. Any of you remember these books? Any of you remember Choose Your Own Adventure books? Okay. Any other kids of the 80s, 90s? There we go. And and these Choose Your Own Adventure books, they they were fun, of course, because you as the reader, you were given power to help determine the narrative. But you know, church, when we come to God's Word, we need to understand that we are not reading a Choose Your Own Adventure book. For God is who he is, and our individual preferences or tastes do not change him. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to be digging in our heels and looking at what Scripture has to say about who God is. We want to ensure that that as a church community, we're worshiping the God of the Bible and not simply a God of our own construction. Each week during this series, we're, we're going to be studying a different attribute of God found in Scripture. And God's attributes are, are simply the characteristics or, or the traits that make God, God. And this morning, as we kick off this new series on the attributes of God, I'm going to be talking about omniscience. Omniscience. And don't be intimidated by this word. The, the word omniscience comes from two Latin words, omnis, which means all, and scienta, which means knowledge. And so to say that God is omniscient is to say that he possesses all knowledge. It's to say that he knows everything. And when I say everything, church, I mean everything. God sees the past, he sees the present, and he sees the future with perfect clarity. In this moment, right now, as I speak, God could tell you how many grains of sand currently reside on the shores of Thailand. He could tell you the exact number of stars in our universe, share with you how close each of these stars are to Earth if measured by inches, 
And he could also tell you what you had for breakfast 1,700 days ago. He knows everything. He sees everything. He understands everything. This is the omniscience of God. A.W. Tozer says this. He says that to say that God is omniscient is to say that he possesses perfect knowledge and therefore has no need to learn. But it is more, it is to say that God has never learned and cannot learn. He cannot learn because he possesses all knowledge at once. For God to learn, there would need to be a piece of information that was previously unknown to him. And A.W. Pink says this, he says, God knows everything, everything possible and everything actual, all events, all creatures, all creatures. Nothing escapes his notice. Nothing can be hidden from him. Nothing is forgotten by him. His knowledge is perfect. He never errs. He never changes. He never overlooks anything. Did you catch that line? He knows everything possible, possible. That means that God not only has a record of every thought that has ever passed through your mind, every word that you've ever uttered, but God knows how you would respond to every possible event. He knows how you would respond to any potential scenario, whether experiencing blessing or heartache, favor or betrayal. And so listen, I don't know how I would respond if I was told that my little boy had leukemia. I don't know how I would respond if I was told that, that I had a brain tumor. I don't know how I would respond if I was told that a far distant relative had just left me $100 million. But God knows how I would respond because he sees all possible outcomes. Is anyone else's head spinning yet? Just, just the the sheer understanding of our God. He knows everything. And so how are we to respond to this amazing truth that God is omniscient, that he sees all, that he knows all, that he understands all? Let me give you three ways that we're called to respond. God's omniscience, church, it should lead us as his followers to trust, should lead us to humility, And it should lead us to comfort. So that's my outline today. I'm giving you the cheat sheet early. The omniscience of God leads us to trust, to humility, and ultimately to comfort. And so let's look at each of these responses in turn together. To begin, our our knowledge of God's omniscience should lead us to trust him. This is what Psalm 147 verse 5 says. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. There is no limit to his understanding. And so if God understands all, if he knows all, and he sees all, then that means, church, he is an expert on everything. He is an expert on life. Listen, I wouldn't attempt to tell a Michelin-starred chef how to make creme brulee, okay? And I wouldn't tell a master mechanic how to rebuild a carburetor. In fact, I don't even know what a carburetor is, if I'm honest. I wouldn't tell a world-class surgeon how to perform open-heart surgery. And so let us not attempt to tell God, who knows everything, who understands everything, how we should live our lives. 
Think about this with me for a, a moment, church. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, has there ever been a time that you deliberately disobeyed the teachings of Scripture and, and didn't regret it? And if you're thinking about an event from last week, that doesn't count because everything feels good on the front end, doesn't it? But as you scan the last five, the last 10, for some of us, the last 25 years, has there ever been a time when, when you del- deliberately disobeyed Scripture that you didn't wish that you could have back? Friends, how, how many times have we assumed that we knew what was truly best for us? only to end up disillusioned and ashamed and full of regret. Listen, every time that we come to God's Word, every time we open up the Bible to read His Word, we should stop and say to ourselves before we begin to read, I am about to read the teachings and the instructions of the wisest and the smartest and the most intelligent being who has ever existed. He knows the future. He already knows what is going to happen to me if I continue to run past his stop signs. And so it would be helpful for me to listen to his commands. It would would pay for me to say yes to the teachings of Scripture. Regardless of whether I understand the reasoning Regardless of whether it offends my particular sensibilities or preferences, I will choose to obey because by faith I believe that God loves me and is for me. And by faith I believe that God is so, so much smarter than I am. This should be the posture of our heart every time that we read God's word. Knowledge of of God's omniscience, it should lead us to trust. And and secondly, knowledge of God's omniscience, it should lead us to humility. I wonder how how many of you remember the movie The Truman Show? Does anyone remember that movie? Yeah, it's a great movie. I'm a firm believer, guys, just full disclosure here, that The Truman Show is one of the most unrealistic movies that has ever been made. The, the Truman Show, if, if you're unfamiliar with the film, it's a, it's a movie starring Jim Carrey in which Carrey plays a man named Truman who has been the star of a reality show since he was a baby. And it, it isn't just a, a show that airs once a week like, like your typical reality show. Every single second of his life is aired for the world to see. The entire world has watched Truman's life unfold since childhood, and everyone in the world is in on it, except for Truman himself. Truman doesn't know that he's being filmed. And I find this premise, if I'm being honest, to be absolutely unrealistic. Because if there was a secret show about your life or about my life that had aired for the world to see since we, before we were children or since, since our, our birth, most of us, church, would be in jail. Or many of us, right? Many of us would be locked up by now. The world could see everything that we've done since we were kids. And for many more of us, those of us who weren't in jail, we would be perceived to be so self-involved so judgmental, so irrationally moody and immature that no one would want to watch a show about us. And if anyone did tune in to watch a show about our lives, 
they would probably tune in just to root against us, right? Just because they found us so unlikable. I, I mean, who here would want every moment of your life secretly displayed for the world to watch? And, and you know, while none of us have a secret reality show made up of, of our lives, thank God for that. The, the, the Bible is clear that, that there is nothing that is hidden from our God. Because as he is omniscient, he, he sees everything that we do. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says this, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give account. Nothing in all creation, we're told, is hidden from God's sight. Listen, you know, both those who are far from God, the the irreligious, and and those who are super religious, those who are practicing dead religion, those who are trying to earn God's favor through religion, both of these camps fail to, to consider the omniscience of God. Both of these camps fall into the same trap. For, for if you were to ask someone disconnected from God, someone who's, who's not connected to church, someone who, who, for the most part, wants little to do with God, if you, if you were to ask them on the street, what does God require of you? What, what does God want you to do? They would probably say something to this effect. They would probably say, well, God just wants me to be a good person. You know, ultimately, I, I just try to do right by others. I, I try to be kind. I try to be thoughtful. And, and that's what God really wants. And if you were to talk to someone on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you were to talk to someone who is ultra-religious, uber-religious, what God required of them, well, they would probably say something like, well, God is looking for holiness. And so that's why I pray. That's why I sacrifice. For it is the holy who will earn God's approval. Both the irreligious and the, the ultra-religious have failed to consider that before an omniscient God, a God who sees everything in our hearts, none of us can justify ourselves. None of us can be deemed good or holy or deserving of God's approval. The the omniscience of God, church, if properly understood, it always drives us right to the cross. Right to the cross. The omniscience of God, it should humble us and help us to understand that without Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, we have no hope of being accepted by a holy God. And so we come back to the cross over and over and over again, recognizing that we are accepted before our Father, not because of our good deeds or our sacrificial living, but because Jesus willingly paid our punishment in full. The omniscience of God makes our own efforts to earn God's approval laughable. It's just laughable when you consider that he he knows every secret thought, every secret motivation. He has seen all the way down to the bottom of our hearts. To think that any of us could, could prove acceptable before a God who sees all. It's just laughable. The omniscience of God, it, it leads us to trust. We trust him. The omniscience of God leads us to humility. And then lastly, church, quickly, the omniscience of God, it leads us to comfort, to comfort. 
In Luke 16, Jesus shares a, a parable about a paralyzed man named Lazarus. Lazarus was laid at the gate of a rich man that he might beg for scraps of food, and, and he was covered with sores. And, and following his death, we're, we're told that Lazarus was sent to heaven while the rich man was sent to hell. Many of you I, I know are familiar with the, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. But here's what's interesting about this parable. Lazarus, this paralyzed beggar, is the only person ever given a name in one of Jesus' parables. Only person that Jesus ever gives a first name to. You know, we're introduced in Jesus' parables, these, these teachings or, or these stories that, that Jesus would tell to, to offer a spiritual truth. We're introduced in Jesus' parables to all different kinds of people. We're introduced to a persistent widow, to a good Samaritan, to an angry older brother, to a repentant tax collector, to a merchant looking for pearls, to a foolish builder, and so on and so on. But none of these men and women are ever given a name except Lazarus, this paralyzed man begging for food. And by giving Lazarus a name, Jesus was saying, in effect, here is a man who is absolutely overlooked by the rest of the world. Here is a man without an advocate. Just another paralytic, just another beggar, just another face on the streets. But this man, Jesus was saying, this man is seen by God. This man has a name that is known by God. This man's name is Lazarus. The very hairs on his head are numbered, and he now rests with his Father in heaven. The omniscience of God, it should bring all followers of Jesus great comfort because it guarantees us that no matter how isolated we feel, how overlooked, how lonely, how rejected, that our, our name, our story, our life is not forgotten in heaven. The Bible tells us that, that God knows your very words before you speak them. He, he knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows your prayers before you pray them. And he knows what he has in store for you before even a single day of your life has come to pass. And you know, perhaps you, you feel a bit like Lazarus this morning. Just another face to be overlooked during a time of pandemic. Just another mom trying to corral her kids. Just another retiree. Just another student trying to figure out what school's going to look like when you go back in the fall. But friend, you, you are seen by God. He is acquainted with your suffering and your longings, with your dreams. And, and this God, he cares for you. Let, let me end, church, with this last quote from Tim Keller. Keller says this. He says that to be loved but not known is comforting, but it's superficial. It, it, it's comforting, but it, it doesn't ultimately satisfy. Any celebrity can tell you this. 
There are plenty of people who would willingly take a bullet for their favorite pop star or athlete. But to be loved but not known, it's superficial. It's why so many celebrities struggle with anxiety and depression and substance abuse issues. Because it's not enough. And then Keller goes on to say, to be known and not loved, that is our greatest fear. That that we would be truly known by another person, but, but not loved, but ultimately rejected. That's why so many of us, we we put on our our modern day fig leaves. We cover ourselves up. We hide because we're so so afraid of of being known but not loved. And Keller goes on to say this, but to be fully known and truly loved is, well, (laughs) it's a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense. He says that that, that means that we no longer have to fake it. We no longer have to posture and fake our way through life, pretending that we have everything figured out. He he says that it humbles us out of our self-righteousness. That because we know that God has seen all the way down to the bottom of our hearts, we no longer look in judgment upon others when they fall because we know that God is, is so, so aware of the brokenness within our own hearts. And then he says it fortifies us. That means it strengthens us for any difficulty life can throw at us. Because if, if you are known and loved by God, then what can the enemy do to you? Well, what can this world do to you? If you are known and you are loved by God. Church, this is the deepest cry of your heart. It's the deepest cry of my heart to be known and loved by God. And if you are a follower of Jesus today, you can say because God is omniscient, because he sees all, knows all, I can say today I am known by God and by his grace I am loved by him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, church, why don't we pray together? Father, we we come before you and and just marvel at your omniscience. It's just hard for us to understand. Our minds short-circuit at the thought that you know all possible outcomes. You know everything that's happened in the past, everything that's happening currently, everything that will happen in the future. And yet we thank you that despite the fact that you are so big, so powerful, so awe-inspiring, you also would consider us, would want to spend time with us, would want to know us. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing truth. Thank you that we are known and loved. I pray for those in particular this morning who, who come today feeling overlooked, feeling isolated. Would you comfort them? Would you remind them that, that like Lazarus, one day, Jesus, they will see you face to face. That you are, are making an end to all suffering. That loneliness, that isolation, that rejection will be over once and for all when we see you face to face. We love you, Jesus. You are better than we understand, better than we know. Help us to worship you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless your name.
God who knows all and who loves us still. We bless your name today, Lord. We honor you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, as the God above which is nothing and beside which nothing stands, that all that exists does so by your permission and beneath your sovereign omniscience. And we bow before you, O Lord, as your sons and daughters made so through the sacrifice and resurrection and ascension of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we come, and by his broken body and his shed blood that we come into your presence. Now in this moment, O Lord, as though we held those very elements in our hands, we renew the covenant of grace inside of us. We renew the covenant of grace of Jesus Christ and His perfectly shed blood and His perfectly broken body. We bless Your name, Lord. And we thank You for the good things that You have done with us as we have gathered in this parking lot. And we look forward to you, O Lord, and what you're going to do with us from here on out. And we just bow to you and surrender and say, have your own way with us, Lord. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys again. I just love you so much. It's been such an interesting pleasure to be out here with you guys in these parking lot, this parking lot these last few months. I'm going to read Psalm 91 over you again as a blessing upon you. Now remember, these are not my words. These are the words of God who inspired them in Psalm 91. As I read these words over you, it's not my blessing. It's my reading the blessing of the word of God over you. And how many of you are like me, just so grateful that Psalm 91 is being fulfilled over us and that not one person from this fellowship has contracted this disease? How many of you? Come on! This is your last chance. No more tooting. Give it up for Jesus. God bless you guys. As you go this morning, if you're a person who would like to receive some personal prayer, we'd love to do that for you. And so as the rows are dismissed, just stay where you are. And then after all the cars have been dismissed, we'll direct you over to the side under the basketball hoops where, where people will be waiting to pray for you while you remain in your car. We just want to offer that to you. And obviously, when you leave for the last time, when you leave the South Drive, would you please turn right? When you leave the North Drive, would you please to turn left so we can do that safely? God bless you guys. The Bible says in Psalm 91, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 
10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is the word of the Lord declared over you this morning. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Drive safely, and if you would like to receive prayer, just sit tight, and we'll get you in the right places.